Howdy, everybody. Cable Smith welcoming you and yours into episode 155 of Justified Pursuit. Riding shotgun, as always, this holiday season. The good counselor, Chisholm Cook. I haven't seen you in a minute, man. It's been a minute for sure. Several. Two weeks worth, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Mug. Mr. Yeah. Musk. Well, we, we taped those two back-to-back, so we had a... Right. Uh, had a show last week regardless but uh yeah i was doing a little traveling went down to mexico shot a uh shot a nice coos deer i know you're unimpressed by the species as a whole no, i will admit that i was impressed by that buck. that was actually like you got a good one yeah and that one that other guy shot uh man what a toad that thing was yeah we got two nice bucks so like and i told you just to put it into perspective like when you score these animals they're considered 60 inches off the spectrum from whitetail. So if I right. shot 111 inch coos deer. That's like 170 inch whitetail buck. Right. So monster and anything over hundred inches is considered like a, a really nice trophy for the coos hunter. Uh, and then my buddy shot a 115 with a drop tine, which was super cool. And he actually, he wanted me to shoot the drop tine because he wanted the, he liked the really clean looking eight point. Um, and then it just didn't, the hunt kind of flipped where I shot the one he wanted and, he shot the one I was interested in, but uh, both super happy. Managed to get Montezuma's revenge for the second straight time going to Mexico, so that was fun. And he and he got it too, so it was just like. <laughs> and here's the thing: it had to been something we ate, not the water, because some of the Mexicans also, like our guide, all of us were like, "Oh, be back in five minutes," and then you know we're on the mountain like glassing and like, "Oh, my turn," and it's just like it was like, "Oh, dude, it was vicious." Uh, but this time I didn't wait eight days to get medicine. I called my good buddy, doctor, uh, and he was like, oh. well, I asked him, I was like, what did you give me last time? It cleared me up in like a day. And he was like, yeah, it was azithromycin. So got some of that and felt better as soon as I got home. Was a good trip. We have had a pestilence in our house since Friday. Poor sweet little Emily, our seven-year-old, mm-hmm. started throwing up. In the very early hours of Friday morning, um, it's going down. Fever and body aches, all the way till it was either Sunday or Monday when that finally stopped, and now she's all congested and she's doing a lot better. It's just a cough now, but it's one of those things where the first couple of days we thought she had the stomach a stomach bug, quote stomach flu, and now I think we're pretty sure she has like the flu flu. Mm. So we're all very much on high alert, hoping that nobody else succumbs to it and then i think we're getting pretty close to being out of the danger zone um but yeah hoping to not have fevers and body aches and bowel issues for christmas yeah aaron's feeling sick uh cough congestion and frankie is as well but that stuff's going around uh aaron did tell me the other day yesterday she told me this that a kid in houston died of swine flu yesterday and there's another one in the emergency room that's on ecmo swine flu of when was when, when, when that was when i think that was when obama was president when that was a thing so hopefully that doesn't come back more than it yeah. already has would love to know um, if that kid had a uh, mrna vaccine because you may not know pretty sure swine flu is a spike protein bearing coronavirus hmm. yeah I don't, I don't know i haven't paid much attention to swine flu um, 
Let's talk about Christmas. Oh, you're gonna look up swine flu? Yeah, just real quick. Start talking about Christmas. Well, I think we should first of all rank our top three Christmas movies of all time. Uh, we have watched. We've already watched two of these this this year in our house, and we'll watch the third in the very near future. Of course, this the third one is always on a marathon on AMC, but. Um, one of our traditions is literally Thanksgiving night after all of the Thanksgiving holiday stuff, the cowboy game, all the food. That's when Aaron and I put on Christmas vacation in our room as we're going to bed. And then it's kind of like a, a staple of like our bedtime routine for like the next month. Not every night, but I would say a couple of nights a week. It's on in the background, but still wildly inappropriate for uh, 10 and nine year olds. So we have not introduced the kiddos to that one, but that is my number one Christmas movie of all time. Hands down. I love it. Um, insanely funny still holds up. Number two, this is a more recent one. Elf also hilarious. Will Ferrell. Uh, I think that's gotta be my second favorite and my third favorite Christmas movie much to my father's chagrin because you I think you're going to bring up It's a Wonderful Life at some point. My dad loves that movie. I don't personally get it, but uh, my number three for me, no, I find it. Maybe I need to go back and watch it. Maybe I was in my early 20s and like, yeah, go back and watch Um, it as a dad, bro. But okay, I will. I will make a point to do that this week. Yeah. Before we talk again. And uh We'll get back to you on that. But my number three is A Christmas Story. You'll shoot your eye out. Classic. Uh, a little bit racist at the end with the Asian people singing. It's a Wonderful Life has its very, very dated content as well. You, I, I, you, want, I don't uh, think you can make movies like that anymore. Like Blazing Saddles is like the no. most insanely racist movie of all time. And it, when it came out in the 70s, nobody blinked an eye. Now you go back and look at something like that, and it's like, whoa, this is, this is crazy. Um, but yeah, yeah, those yeah. are my top three: um, Christmas Vacation, Elf, and A Christmas Story. Love all of them. Home Alone's also very good too. But Home Alone's great. Didn't make the top three. <laughs> Your turn. I, you know, I so I just watched A Wonderful Life for the first time in my wonderful life mm-hmm. uh, Sunday night, I think. Um, uh, candidly, I think I've mentioned this before when we've had similar discussions that there was something my whole, my whole life watching movies that were years prior to my existence was just never my bag. I, uh, the, 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 the cheesy sets, the antiquated technology, the, <laughs> the, 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 just the, the, the goofy acting, like all, I just can't, can't do it. Uh, that being said, I finally decided on a recommendation of a good friend from church, Scott. What's up, Scott? Uh, He said it was his favorite movie, favorite Christmas movie. And I was like, it's time for me to watch this flick. So I watched it by myself for the first pass, I guess, thankfully, because, again, there are some things that um, specifically as a girl dad, uh, I think need at a bare minimum some preparatory explanation. (laughs) Before you charge right into it, for example, there's a moment where, um, how oh, was his name? Uh, Bailey, 
Mr. Bailey, the main character, kind of grabs his his gal and kind of shakes her a little bit. <laughs> Thankfully, there's no straight up, you know, slapping like there often was in that era of films of men slapping women across the face, but it gets a little rough with her. So I'm um, surprised they haven't canceled the movie like they did. Baby, it's cold outside. I'm surprised they. I'm not. I'm not sure they aren't trying. Yeah. Um, maybe they're just relying on the idea that nobody watches. Dude, I think it's like I think it was made in the fifties. It was. Yeah. Um, it's black and white. It's old. There's there's one or two other little moments like that that definitely again are not. Um, I mean they're not. I, I don't know why they were. It was acceptable back then. Uh, it's not a woke thing at all to say that I don't like watching a man who's being portrayed as like the ultimate family man to grab his old lady and shake her. I don't think they were married yet. Um, there's some coarseness to it that, I, like I said, I I think my older two could watch it with me. Uh-huh. I don't know that they will. Anyway, getting back to the point. No, Wonderful Life has jumped to. The top spot on my list. Um, okay, and honestly, dude, I my think it's in the top five movies I've ever seen. Like, yeah. it's really, really good. You have to rewatch it as an adult. You have way more of a uh, tolerance, even even affinity for classic stuff, music, movies, and everything than I do. Uh, and I think as a father now, and someone who's really been leaning into his faith in the last few years, I think you'll have a totally different perspective if you haven't watched it since your 20s um it's fantastic man uh jimmy what's his name jimmy uh stewart james stewart again like it's kind of over the top acting but it's fantastic like he does he's awesome all the characters are good the story's amazing for those who don't know um if you want a little primer who have never seen it not to give the whole farm away but Spoiler alert, I guess the um the movie starts with kids praying and like an image of like the universe, like space. And there are all these kids praying for their dad, and then it like zooms in to what you can assume is like the center of the universe. And this celestial body starts talking to a little galaxy, and it's God talking to an angel named Joseph about it's time to help this guy, Mr. Bailey, George Bailey. And they call up a, uh, I think he's, he's like a class two angel or something like that. They call up another angel named Clarence to go help this man. And they replay the man's life for Clarence. So Clarence can see all the circumstances that led to this moment of crisis where this man needs help. Hmm. Um, so it's funny because like to call it a Christmas, it's a really long movie, especially by old standards. It's like almost two and a half hours. Um, and two thirds or more of it is not Christmas. It's this dude's life since childhood, but it culminates back catching up to like real time on like Christmas Eve or Christmas day. And that's where it ends. Um, so there's a beautiful, legit Christian message to it. There are references to the Bible kind of sprinkled throughout it. Um, yeah, and it's this idea that a guardian angel a guardian angel, is sent by God to swoop in and, and save this very good man who um, I would say probably is sort of born again based on what happens. But 
Um, man, it's really good. Like, all right, I'm gonna was, watch it. Talk I was surprised. It. Like, it it brought tears to my eyes. Uh, it's heavy, man. Like heavy, 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 heavy. It's not a light. Like I said, I, even without the couple of scenes where Mister Bailey gets maybe a little physical with his old lady, um, the main plot is very heavy, and it's mm-hmm. gonna require, I think, some conversation with really like teenage preteen at at youngest type age kids i wouldn't show it to like sarah and emily my seven and nine year olds nine Mm. and seven um but riley and charlotte i think i could show it to i know i could show it to but we would need to talk about some of the stuff but anyway that's your number one christmas movie bumping bumping uh yeah bumping christmas vacation to seconds and then you know elf is funny i guess it's no it is funny will ferrell's a comedic genius and that movie is it's a masterpiece it's awesome it's hilarious and it's and it's not too inappropriate to show younger kids so it's been a little while since i watched elf start to finish is there a christian message underlying it i know at the end there's this beautiful like coming together of the community that type of thing no i wouldn't say say jesus christ or the bible referenced anywhere in that film uh, it's a pretty secular film, right? Then it's not on. I the can't list. say yes or no, but I don't. It's not on the list. Can't be on my list if it doesn't talk about Jesus. Uh, okay. so my okay. third, which as we've talked about, second place, Christmas Vacation That's does a weird start thing off to say though, because like Christmas Vacation is way more racy than Elf, but at least it opens with God. Uh, and I think there's some other references in it. Yeah. Um, as we've detailed. Yeah, and then. Likewise, that puts and then home alone. Five minutes later, Chevy Chase is flicking off the redneck. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's a sinner just like the rest of us, man. <laughs> yeah, at least they're honoring the actual reason for the season. Yeah, uh, and Home Alone uh, would be squarely then in third place, also having proper Christmas references. Speaking of old movies that I guess I need to go ahead and watch, it is certainly past time for me to uh, check out. Um. A Christmas story because I've never watched that either. Oh my gosh. I know. Man. Okay. Know. It's awesome. You're going to like it. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. All right. You watch that. I'll watch It's a Wonderful Life and we'll get back. Perfect. Reconvene on those. It's a Wonderful uh, Life is really, really, really good, man. I'm telling y'all, it's really like, it's it's probably in my top five movies I've ever watched. It was good. Really good. Yeah. It's old. Yeah. It's dated. Yeah. There's some borderline. <laughs> aspects to it that aren't appropriate in modern society but damn it's a good movie man all right I'm if in. you watch that film and don't feel something again especially as a dad then you have no heart and no soul um also we've so we've watched basically if we're eating dinner at home like we're just putting on a christmas movie in the background right now and the kids are like fu- fully invested in the and i'm just kind of watching it in the background and you know last night i was making uh some stir fry or something and they're all they're watching santa claus with tim allen great movie. also good yeah. yeah and then two nights ago we did home alone 2 still that one's funny too i don't know if they made a home alone 3 but home alone 2 is isn't as good as the original but it's pretty dang funny uh, this the scene where he's chucking bricks and yeah. keeps <laughs> keeps drilling marv right in the i don't marv. remember where we went it might have been a ski trip to new mexico back in junior high oh, but we so were driving funny. staying in the cheapest 
you know, cinder block motels you can imagine. We were sleep we were in a hotel room, motel room when I was a kid, the first time I watched that. And I cry laughed the whole, every time he hit that dude Marv and Marv's like, Hey, Dude. Yeah. Home alone too. Um yeah. very redundant, but still very funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, there's a Christmas movie talk. We've got a ton to get into today, and I think we're gonna just go. Let me say to- we need to switch gears because Top Gun Two has been on like four times in the last three days in my house, and Christmas movies have been few and far between. So I'm gonna when we wrap this, I'm gonna go put a mandate down that it's nothing but Christmas until Christmas. Perfect. Yeah, it's excellent. You know, and my kids are really into the Christmas uh, spirit and and music as well, and so I have a a very diverse christmas playlist on spotify that is just like on on repeat in the truck in the house wherever it's uh and and the girls really really are into it um oh one other thing you know how we killed santa claus for henry um right well i got an update on that on my side go ahead when i was out of town aaron sends me a text about the time i'm waking up to go uh hunting because i was um like Phoenix, what is that? I was mountain time, so it was an hour later. So we were getting ready to go out and start glassing, and I get this text. She's like, I forgot to move the elf. But don't worry. Henry ran in here and said, Mom, you forgot to move the elf. Should I move it? She's like, yes, please. And he said later he told her it was so weird because that was the first time he ever touched the elf. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because that's taboo. Good job, Hank. Yeah. Way to step in and save the day. Yeah. So he's um, he's, um, he's enjoying, I think, being in on the deal and when we're watching these movies and then sure, the girl's like, dad do you still believe in santa and you know oh I'm like of course and then i you know casually wink over at him and uh now i think i think he's he's adapted to it and is now yeah he's in selling. yeah he's at the yeah. grown-up table now yeah it's cool yeah um update on the belief of santa within our household mm-hmm. i said last time we talked about this i wasn't sure where emily was at i was pretty sure she was the jig was up so I was correct. She is aware. <laughs> this is funny, though. Similar to how the realization had to be processed by Henry. Yeah. Uh, Ash reminded me that. So so Emily was made aware sometime much earlier this year. Again, um, I would advise all parents listening. <laughs> don't pull the Smith move of doing it after Thanksgiving. <laughs> right. With, with Christmas three weeks out. Um, she's aware that mom is Santa. But. Asked questions like, so, like, how do you get all the presents to everybody else? So, apparently, she really thought mom was Santa huh. taking care of gifts. Like, how do you make the gifts? You know, these types of questions. And it's like, she said she asked her, it's like, Sarah, Emily, do you, you really think that I m- make these gifts? And that then I go to other people's houses on Christmas Eve and put gifts in their houses? And she goes, no. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. We buy the gifts. The funny part, I guess, is and very topical in 2023. Mom gets to be Santa, even though <clears throat> dad pays for everything. Right. So Emily thought it was hilarious to realize. So that makes dad Mrs. Claus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she got a big kick out of that. And so did that. Mm-hmm. Ha ha ha. Mm-hmm. She explained something like, so does is dad like an, an elf? Does dad make the gifts? No, we buy the gifts. Dad's like my helper. Um and my support and she the goes oh so he, so he's like yeah. mrs claus yeah <laughs> yeah 
Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, I have to say that uh, Aaron is definitely more of Santa because she buys all the gifts on Amazon. And I literally have the ones that I have to buy for personally, and I don't buy the kids. I mean, I bought Henry some – we're going to go duck hunting, so I bought him some steel shot for his 410. Those are the kind of gifts I'm getting. Yeah. Practical. Yeah, I mean, to that point, like, I make sure to get the girls a gift from me for their birthdays, but mm. it's fair that mom gets to claim the mantle, claim the title of Santa Claus because she definitely does all the shopping. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not buying any specific gifts for anybody except mom, which by the right. time this drops, she doesn't listen to it anymore anyway. But uh, she's going to get a new whip this week. So a whip? Car. Remember that old... Uh, I thought you were talking uh, about something in the way you were looking, like something for the bedroom, like she's going to whip you. (laughs) No, we're not into that. Uh, Yeah, no, she's going to get a new used uh, uh, Volvo, actually. I'm really excited about it. It's going to be nice. Cool. I didn't know Volvo had one big enough for a family of six. Yeah, they make a seven. Watch how loud I'm talking. They make a seven-seat um it's considered a mid-size SUV, but it's got, you know, three in the middle bench and like two in the back because they're not wide enough to have three in the back, right? Um, or you can get it in a six seat where it's like captain's chairs in the middle and then two in the back. Yeah. So cool. Our good sure. friend Clay's brother Will is a uh manager and part owner of a Sewell Infinity dealership in North Houston, and he helped me work a deal uh with one of their sister lots uh up on a used lot in uh dfw Cue the so. beethoven in the background i'm buying a used car dude it's a nice used car it's right. a used car eh, okay it's got twenty five thousand miles With on all it. these it's a, it's a 2021 model it's three years old already It'd be four years old by february <clears throat> want to go to colorado mm, not particularly. Colorado. Yeah. i know what uh, you're getting at but no i don't care to go there right now yeah, me neither. I'm I'm kind of pissed because we already bought our, we already paid for our spring break ski trip. I'm like, I think this will be the last one to that cesspool. I remember so, yeah. many many years ago when they made some new rule about firearm carry. You said you'd never go there ever again. Yeah, that was a proposal though. They didn't actually enact it. Oh, so okay. Um, I did say that though. Colorado yesterday. This is funny. They did two things that are completely moronic. They uh, released wolves. That's a whole other topic. But uh, they let the general population with a ballot initiative decide the fate of their state's wildlife. So Karen and Chad up in Boulder, yeah, they are the ones that voted for wolf reintroduction. Uh, the, the good ranchers and outdoorsmen of the once great state of Colorado, not in favor of the wolves, buddy. But they're here. They actually... Yeah, most Governor, of the elk hunters aren't either. No. Governor Polis... Uh, opened up the cage yesterday in Pandora, is out of the box. They have released the first five wolves into Colorado. And on the same day, they had a Supreme Court decision to prevent Trump from being allowed on their 2024 ballot. So by a four to three vote, they said Donald Trump, because of January 6th, that was the... Have you seen the, the stuff that's been released since we've talked about where the Capitol Police are just letting the people in. Like we've always said, like they they were just let in. There's actual video of it that 
has only come out. I mean, the thing that makes me, this is part of the gaslighting, man. Those, there were videos available since January 7th of 2021, man. Like that's not new. That's what they have shown us is not even new. This is just footage from the Capitol surveillance camp. Right. What was available three years ago was Cell cell phone footage. And yeah, I mean, it was, we called them the walkabouters all the way back then, right? right? Video mm-hmm. of people showing people just casually walking through the velvet ropes and behaving, right? There was what's a handful any, of idiots. How is it that, any different from what's been going on at the Capitol multiple times over the last month of people protesting, not not being willing to leave when they're told to leave? I don't I don't understand. The like, difference is they're conservative Trump voters. Oh, oh, yeah, there it is. So Colorado right. said, no, Trump, you cannot be on our ballot. I believe that it will have to eventually go to the Supreme Court of the United States of America. Yeah, it's got to. They're yeah, to so I, I was glancing at it before we jumped on, and I didn't really get a chance to look at it too thoroughly, but he has until January 4th to appeal. I assume that appeal then goes straight to the Supreme Court since it was a Colorado Supreme Court decision. Um, I think it's likely that... I. I I'm speculating completely. It's a federal office, right? So we have state yeah, laws but and states, statutes. But, but the Constitution delegates the election process to the states. So I have a little bit of a hard time imagining that uh, Roberts, um, who would it be? Roberts, Kavanaugh, and um, what's the new lady? Not the new yeah. new lady, but the one that Trump appointed. That's supposed, you know, The three that are supposed to be conservatives, two of whom were appointed by Trump. Um, damn, what's her name? The Catholic lady with like 12 kids. I know kids. who you're talking about, but I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. Either. I, I, I have a feeling that they'll vote with the leftists to say, uh, it's a state matter and the state has ruled and he'll be off the ballot. He's not going to win Colorado anyway, but it's a terrible, terrible precedent. In fact, a friend of mine, uh, yeah. fellow lawyer texted me something from, the application formerly known as Twitter. Coney Barrett is her name. Yes, thank you. Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, where was that at? Where'd you go? There it is. The president of El Salvador, Naib Bukele. Mm, that's, that's a sketchy last name. Mm. Says that the United States has lost its ability to lecture any other country about, quote, democ- democracy after the Colorado Supreme Court has disqualified Donald Trump. So we're getting chastised by as we should. I mean, look developing nations. Who our president is? Anybody? The whole world's been laughing at us since we elected Biden. Well, dude, I mean, none of it should be surprising. The left is full of these beautiful uh, contradictions and and you know double thinks where it's like, in the name of saving democracy, we have to take away the most popular you know conservative in the country. In the name of democracy, you don't get to vote for this man. <laughs> Sounds more like uh, communism, where you don't get to vote for who you want to, because there is no vote. Yeah. If you ask the guys at No Agenda, they've been rigging elections for 40-something years, so we're just now aware of it. Well, now, but this one is way more blatant. Like, a, a state has said, you can't be on our ballot. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that it's any more blatant than bringing them up in four different courts on 80-whatever charges of violating laws that they violate every... every he didn't even... Uh, 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 
I'll reiterate that I'm at the point with Trump where, you know, know two or three years ago. hmm? I know what you're going to say. Like, you didn't want Trump, and now he's like, we have to vote for him. Like, 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 yeah. Right. Because of what you've done. You can't allow them to bully us and break the Constitution into pieces, no matter how much you may dislike Trump as a person. We need a wrecking ball, and that's what that dude is. And guess what? There aren't a lot of polite wrecking balls in the world. I think I'm still skeptical about DeSantis and what his actual motivations are too, but it's a bad situation, man. Bad, bad, dark times. Bad. They The January 6th thing was a hoax. Everything that's come about, come out about it since has been fabricated. The hearings that they conducted two summers ago or whatever were made for TV movies that were completely disingenuous, dishonest lies. I, it's, uh, yeah, this is just a new low. Like Colorado has now set, and what what kind of precedent does it set for other states to do the same thing? That's why. Well, this, I mean, they've they dude. Maybe this want to talk about will have to intervene because what if uh, every l- Democrat state just just say, just throw this out there does the same thing? Like, yeah, no Trump on our ballot, and and a swing state does that. What if uh, Pennsylvania does that? I mean. Then the election is dude. So like we can't win. They are like, to your point. What they are doing is they are laying the groundwork for a path towards a true uniparty dictatorship by stripping the states. I mean, I listened to the Clintons, Hillary and Bill, just in a podcast over the weekend, and I think the recording was just here in the last few weeks. I don't know when they recorded this this interview. Both of them were being interviewed by the same person, and he was asking, should the president of the United States be elected by popular vote instead of by the Electoral College? And Bill Clinton sat there and explained that the Electoral College gives 35 votes to the smallest conservative states, and it skews the whole thing. And so, yeah, we should just get rid of the Electoral College because the whole point of the Electoral College, according to him, was to protect slavery. That's what he said. Hmm. Not to protect the rights of Montana and North Dakota and South Dakota and you know, all of these tiny states that would get railroaded by basically New York and California. Like, take those two out of the equation and the Democrats will never win another national election, ever. Regardless of whether it's the Electoral College or the popular vote, right? The whole differential in popular vote can be boiled down to two major cities. Three, for sure, if you add in Chicago. Although the Chicago thing is becoming quite the problem for the Democrats. Mm-hmm. It, dude. Did you know, side note, and it, I just it, saw this the other day. Did you know that since 2015, and we've never mentioned this on the show, since 2015, the state of California has been paying for inmates to have gender-affirming sex changes? Did you know that? I mean, I knew and they did and it. It's on the, they have, they have eight, Medi-Cal, which is their version of Medicaid, but it's free health care for anyone that can't, can't afford it. And the taxpayers are paying for incarcerated individuals to cut their wiener or their breasts off. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, they also just uh, Governor Jokerface uh, just signed a bill to put a eleven uh, percent excise tax on all firearm sales. Did you know that? And he called it in the in the interview. He when he's signing the bill, he called it a sin tax. It's a sin tax. Exercising your constitutional right as an American is now a sin tax. Meanwhile, we'll gladly pay for you to cut your dick off. Because that's gender-affirming care that you need. Bringing it back to trans. 
Um, real quick back on Colorado, you know, this shouldn't be terribly surprising given that years ago now, several years ago, Colorado, uh, changed their law to say that their electoral college votes will be dedicated to whoever wins the popular vote, but regardless of who wins the state. So again, the party that the party that calls themselves Democrat doesn't give a damn about democracy. No. No, Colorado is California. California's kid constitution at this point. Yeah. That's all they are. I'm looking at the list of states. They call this the uh, National Popular Vote Popular Vote Interstate Compact. There are 16 states that have signed on to do this. Um, I'm trying to find just a list. These are the states that uh, give the votes to the Electoral College for whoever wins the popular vote? Correct. Maryland, left. Jersey, left. Illinois, left. Hawaii, left. Washington, probably mostly still left, I guess. Massachusetts, very left. D.C., 94% for Biden. Vermont, that sucks. I mean, it's only three votes, but Vermont's definitely somewhat of a purple state. California, left. Rhode Island, I guess left. New York, way left. Connecticut, left. Colorado, left. Delaware, probably left, I guess. New Mexico, left. Oregon, left. And Minnesota, freaking Sharia law communist. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah. 70, dude. 76 wow wow inching so you have to have 270 you have to have 270 electoral votes to win the presidency the list i just named represents 76 percent, 75.9 percent of the needed electoral votes they already have if they just continue to win the popular vote they already have 76 they already have 76% of the needed electoral votes in the bag for the Democrats, what a, regardless what of how any one the of these individual states votes. Your citizens. Hey, we know, constituents, that you voted for X person, but nationally, because of New York and California, they voted for this candidate, and so we're going to give your votes to them. We're, we're literally giving your votes to them. That's what they're doing. You voted for this person, but we are taking that away and we are giving it to Biden or whoever. Absurd. Democrats. Let's go the to... Gov the governor of Hawaii tried to veto it and the legislature of Hawaii overrode that. This was all the way back in 08. The earliest of this was April of 2007. Republican, quote-unquote, Republican Governor Rod Blagojevich, that, that, that... What were those... Cabbage Patch doll looking goofball from Illinois, who was supposed to be a Republican, who bite who Trump later pardoned for his ridiculous crimes of selling a Senate seat. You know, because they had a senator pass or whatever, and that means the governor gets to appoint the senator. And so he literally was on tape talking about how this is worth money and he's gonna sell the seat. That guy signed it in 2008. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Let's get real gay and go to the Vatican, where the woke Pope has decided to bless same-sex marriages. So that's not exactly I, what he did, but that's in the I works. I never so, thought the Catholic Church would do that. 
Oh, that's the tip of the iceberg, bro. So I have, I'm not sure that I've talked about it much on the show, but I've sort of taken a bit of a crash course over this last three years into, uh, into Catholicism, into Catholic catechesis. It's a fancy word. Uh, doctrine and dogma, etc. I have several podcasts that I listen to that are uh, hosted by um, what they're now calling Catholic trads. These are the guys the FBI is um, surveilling, which, by the way, that's on the list, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Catholics who believe in, like, Catholic stuff. Um, there's a whole movement in the United States to uh, go back to what they call the traditional Latin mass, like the old school mass that would be conducted in Latin. Um, and it's a growing that's movement stupid. in the United States. We're the only country in, Nobody in the Nobody speaks Catholic. Latin. That's dumb. I know um, my brother's kids, they go to a private school and they're learning Latin. And I'm like, that's pretty stupid and worthless. Learn Spanish. It'll get you somewhere in life. It's most certainly not stupid, nor is it worthless. Eh, to, unless to you're pursuing Latin. a degree in theology. You should study Spanish religion. too, but it's the basis that. of our entire language of all basically Western languages. It's the basis of the legal profession. It's the basis of the medical profession. It is not a waste of time to know and understand Latin. Uh, most modern day Western philosophy was put down in Latin. It's not a waste of time. But more importantly, we'll have to agree to the reason that these way people more like things you could be spending your time on learning. The reason that these people, that people like still speak. The reason these people like the Latin Mass is because of the ancient uh, nature of it, because of the ritual of it, because of the symbolism of it, but also. Because it keeps them tied to traditional Catholic values, and there was something in the '60s or '70s, and it was actually pop out, bro. Like you can stay tied to traditional values if you want to stay tied to those values. You don't have to go to a mass in a language that no one speaks anymore to do that. That's absurd. Pope John Paul II, back in the '60s or '70s, conducted, I think, one of these synods or whatever, where they came up with the Second Vatican Council, and that's when they transitioned away from the traditional Latin Mass into the modern Masses, and it was the beginning of the liberalization of the Catholic Church. This is a pendulum swing back the other direction to try to reroute Catholicism and Catholic stuff. It's not stupid. It's necessary. I don't know that it's specifically necessary to attend a Catholic, you know, Latin Mass to maintain Catholicism, but it was the turning point away from traditional dude. Okay. For example, like this other thing they did with, with Vatican two is what the trads call it. Vatican two, the second Vatican council was they got rid of like the traditional altar. They got rid of the traditional cathedral aesthetics and moved to basically like modern mega church style churches, right? They stripped Catholicism of everything that made Catholicism ancient and beautiful and symbolic. One of the things that they did in doing so was getting rid of the Latin mass to your point, if you're raised in Catholic in a Catholic church from the you know age of you know a day, you know what all that you don't necessarily speak Latin, but you know what the Latin Mass. If you've been in it your whole life, you know what they're preaching. You know what they're talking about, right? Right. It, is it great for somebody like you or my I who wants to convert to Catholicism to walk in at 42 or 43 years old into a traditional Catholic Mass and have a clue what the hell's going on? No. But do you have a real clue what's going on if you walk into one doing spoken in English when they're getting up and getting down another? No, you still have to learn it all, right? Mm-hmm. The point is, it con- they look at it as a connection to the ancient roots of the faith, while the whole faith is trying to move to a basically a secularized. I agree with you, but if no one in the audience in the congregation can understand what they're saying, that's you don't get a lot of value out of that. Where's the message? Like it, you're just going there, and it's 
yes, there's the the holy sacraments and traditions, but like I want to know what the pastor is saying to me. I don't and know. I so here, here's something I don't know, and I should look up. I don't know if like the sermon, which I think they call the homily in yeah. Catholicism, right? Like when the pastor gives his like main 20 minute message, I don't know that that's taught in Latin, in a traditional Latin, not in mass. It I probably went to varies. High school 25 years ago, and they they had things they said in Latin, but the pastor, to what your to your point, right? Gave the homily he did the, in English. The term, right, the homily was done in English, right? So to your point, if you've been indoctrinated and raised in knowing what the songs are and knowing what the transitions are and all the pomp and circumstance of a traditional Latin mass, you're not taking anything message-wise from that part anyway, but you also know what it means. If, as long as the main homily is given in English and everybody can understand that, that's the teaching for the Sunday, right? Right. So anyway. Okay. All that being said, there are these trad Catholics, right? traditional Catholics who are furious. They've, they've been screaming from the top of the rooftop since Francis became Pope. I like these that, Catholics. I mean, okay, first of all, they, when John Paul II died, the first guy they brought in who they named Benedict, uh, who the German guy, he was like a old school conservative Catholic. He was putting in letters that there's a, that, that there's a, a movement afoot within the Vatican and it's called something called the St. Gallen Mafia. But there was this group. The main guy was a guy named Bishop Martini. I think he's still alive. There was a whole group of leftist Europeans from the UK, from a lot of them from Germany. Lots of good ideas always coming out of Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, looking to completely liberalize the Catholic Church on everything from abortion, which they're working on. And this dude's name was Benedict. First red flag. Benedict was the conservative that took oh. over after John Paul II, who then resigned while he was still alive, which had never happened in the history of 2,000 years of the Catholic Church, that gave rise to this leftist psycho Pope Francis, who's the, who's the Pope now, who's making all these changes. Then Benedict lived for 10 more years and continued to fight back against this stuff. Why he gave up the throne, gave up the throne I don't, you know, it's like, can't figure out if he was partly in on it or wanted to, I, I don't know, but you know, there's some of these trad Catholics who say that the new Pope's not even the real Pope because the first Pope, the other last Pope didn't die. Anyway, man, it's a real mess. Yeah, we talked we a little bit about conspiracy it. Conspiracy theories a step further. The, the old po- John Paul, the, that Pope is they're saying he's still alive. Like dude was, no, 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 no. Benedict came after JP. The oh, second, right? All right. Benedict, resigned while still alive and lived for 10 years until no they're saying that you can't have a new pope with the old pope still alive Uh, he was still alive for 10 years he died like two years ago benedict did last year maybe maybe not even two years ago yet benedict was a german guy with world war ii roots francis is the argentinian guy who's a complete wild ass leftist no i don't he was the hand selected i'll tell you he was the hand selected successor by these guys the saint gallon mafia I started listening to this book called The St. Gallen Mafia about So we this like guy, the St. Gallen Mafia. No, yeah, we like bad guys. Bad guys. Okay. They're leftists, every one of them that want abortion okayed, that want that, you know, bring in dude. This Pope has been bringing a guy in who wrote the book Population Bomb in the 70s, claiming that we were overpopulating the world and had to reduce the population by 90%. That guy has had multiple audiences at the Vatican in the last five years. I'm way out this of new pope, the this Catholic. new pope held something called um he had a so in like Central and South America, there are these Catholic 
churches that blend like ancient, like Mayan and Aztec, like pagan mm. rites into Catholicism. Yeah, stuff hard stuff that the Roman Catholic Church since forever would abhor and you know used to burn people at the stake for and Kinda shit like, like that. Gay marriage. Exactly. They had a they had a, a a deal at the Vatican called the celebration of like Pachamama or something like that, which is this Central American like witch doctor stuff. Like they're bringing they're bringing paganism into the church formally as well as informally through again abortion, gay stuff, blah 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 blah. What they just did so so they just completed in October a synod. A synod is where the church, all the bishops from all over the world meet and they talk about what direction the Catholic Church needs to go. This is the second one under Pope Francis. And in every one, they have conversations about like making women deacons and making women priests, right? Which is against Catholic tradition uh, and against the teachings of Paul. And yet you <laughs> go to a church where it's allowed. We have a lady pastor and her position is women's pastor, women's ministry yeah. pastor. You know, I was going to say, something. so we had, I got a little confused there in the uh, chronology of the, the, the Pope. So it was JP, then Benedict, and then the woke Pope. But the re right. I was going to say, the reason why you didn't hear about Benedict is because he wasn't doing any of this dumb stuff. Right. He, he was, was actually, doing his job. More than that, he was fighting against it. So in right. his 10 years or whatever he was Pope, he raised up traditional conservative bishops. He also like changed up the hiring practice, like the ordina ordination practices, like who gets into Catholic seminary and brought a bunch of traditionalists into like the, you know, the priest level of Catholicism. But then when he resigned, this St. Gallen mafia group was able to tap their guy. So check this out. According to this book, when Benedict was up for election, they had like three rounds. Remember they do the white smoke or the black smoke until a new Pope is selected. Then it goes to white or whatever. Yeah. There were like three or four rounds of, of, uh, of uh, election nominations and elections after JP, the second died. Right. And it got pared down to, so this, this dude Martini, I think was one of the ones trying to get the position, but he wasn't going to win because there weren't enough liberal lefty, you know, demonic bishops in the Catholic church at the time. But they had a big enough block where, so there was Benedict and another dude that was more conservative than Benedict that were oh, in the wow. final like two or three. And the St. Gallen Mafia group, they coordinated, conspired to vote with the faction that wanted Benedict to get Benedict elected because they considered him less conservative than the other dude oh. that was set up to potentially win if they allowed the stalemate to continue and to pick these guys off one about one by one right i don't know how all that translates into benedict resigning but to your point things were all quiet on the catholic front until they got their chosen guy the saint gallon mafia's chosen guy in this guy francis so he's had two of these synods in addition to the pachimama you know pagan rites going on in the church hmm. and he's been talking about again raising up women destigmatizing abortion providing Catholic rights and blessings and whatnot to people who have had abortions, to people who have had divorces, and now to gay people. And what happens is they have a synod and they have all these conversations and they come out of the synod with these extraordinarily generic documents that say like, oh, we didn't make a change, but we're kind of still talking about it. This one guy I listened to who's got a law degree and a philosophy degree, um, brilliant, brilliant cat, trad Catholic. He, said, he, he calls it weaponized ambiguity. This pope, and this is a leftist, 
I mean, this is like straight back to Karl Marx, right? We talk about it all the time. Listen to the stuff these people say and write and tell anybody if you can make any sense of it, right? It's smart sounding nonsense, gobbledygook that leaves you wondering, what the hell did they just say? They sounded smart when they said it, but what the hell did they just say? That's what this dude does with all of these synods, right? So they had a synod in October. And interestingly, like they have like the initial synod this year and then next year they'll have like the, basically this is like, we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff for the next year. So they have that last in October and then next year they'll come in and they'll vote on any changes and they'll actually implement any doctrinal changes based on a year of evaluation and deliberation. So they did this thing in 2015, I think they made some minor changes, but they forecast that they were talking about big major changes. They did it again this year where they talked about all the stuff that they didn't change in 2015 plus some other bad stuff and they punted it all until next year. But now as of this week, we have this new proclamation that Catholic priests can bless gay people, not their marriage. It very specifically says that it cannot bless a gay marriage because marriage is between a man and a woman and the point of marriage is procreation. But if, again, getting back to a little bit about Catholic doctrine and dogma or whatever, like if, okay, to be blessed by a priest, you have to first go into confession. You have to confess all your sins, be absolved of all your sins, and then you can have a blessing, right? You can't lit and and you, you can't even have communion, right? They do communion all the time. Like our churches do communion probably once a month, right? Ours does. I assume yours does. You come in, you take communion, that's it. But in Catholic, you know, in the Catholic world, you don't get to take part in the rites and rituals of the Catholic faith until you've gone into confession. You have to have a clean um, conscience, a clean you know spirit by confession and absolution of your sins by the pro- priest to then go in and take communion, right? And for those who don't know, like real Catholics actually sincerely believe that the bread is the body of Christ and the blood and wine is the blood of Christ, right? So like... They used to have this thing called adoration. They still do. Many, many Catholic churches still practice this, where you just sit in front of the Eucharist and just adore the presence of Jesus Christ, right? Like a hardcore, not symbolic stuff. Like, And there's recorded miracles of like the bread bleeding. You ever heard about that? Yeah. Yeah. That's like real stuff. Like there's been times where the bread changed, the bread bled, all kinds of stuff. Anyway. <clears throat> The point here is they're saying, first of all, that a priest can bless homosexuals actively engaged in homosexual relationships. Well, if they're actively engaged in homosexual relationships, by definition, they are living in unrepentant sin. So this is the first time somebody who's living in unrepentant sin, who's not acknowledging and trying to quit their sins, can receive a blessing from a priest. I think that's the case. I'm filling some gaps, but I'm pretty sure... That's what that means, but it goes more into this idea of this like weaponized ambiguity and the whole like, have we we ever talked about the uh, Overton window? You know what that is? No, but I have something that's ambiguous to, you you just made me think of another uh, note here. Well, the concept of the Overton window is like, what's appropriate, uh, you know, you have, let's just for simplicity terms, call it, you got the left and the right on any given issue, right? And the Overton window is what's a... How far left can you push an issue and how far right can you push an issue? What the left has done for you know, all of our parents' lives is slide the average of the Overton window further and further left, right? Where you know, 
<clears throat> you're not allowed to say the Second Amendment is protecting liberty about protecting liberty anymore because of guys like Dan Crenshaw, right? He's allowed us to shift Our the Overton window to where right. it's only right. So by saying we can now bless gay people, even if we can't bless gay marriages, they've shifted the Overton window as it pertains to homosexuality in the Catholic Church, and it's only a matter of time before they start conducting homosexual marriages, regardless of what the, ma- the majority... It's really funny to listen to these trad Catholics. And because- the Catholic Church is not... I mean, they're not the first one to do this. Uh, Baptist churches have done it, Lutheran churches, Episcopalian. I mean, right. But the Catholic Church historically has been... Going back to what you said, the Dude. tradition has been the most... I think the the the... Denomination. It's supposed to be the foundation, dude. To... It's supposed to be the rock. Right. Yeah. Right. St. Peter's Basilica is the Vatican. What did Jesus say about St. Peter? Upon this rock, I will build my church. It's not supposed to be moving. Right. And if there's a faction within it that wants to completely liberal- liberalize and go worldly with everything, then that's a schism. And that's what they're facing right now. This dude, this dude, Martin Martini that I'm talking about, he wrote all the way back in the 70s that the Catholic Church needs to adopt a more worldly philosophy and abandon its ancient practices and dogmas and doctrines for a more worldly philosophy, not a spiritually-based philosophy. Uh, and right there I, behind that, you can put in parentheses, inclusionary. Inclusive. Yeah, well, you can also point out about, what, a dozen different scriptures that say you should not be of this world. You have to live in this world, but do not be of this world. You are of the spirit realm, and you are supposed to be turning to the light. And he's like, no, 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 no. Don't we shouldn't be talking about all this spiritual stuff. We should just adopt the Catholic Church needs to be bigger. We need more money for the Vatican and to pay the bishops more. So let's get more of everybody in. Yeah, because that's what the clergy is supposed to do is go into a life of service so that they can become rich. Right. <laughs> it's uh, not good, man. No. I mean, they're 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 taking everything to your point that Christianity is founded on. I t- getting back to your point. Well, there'll be all a those Protestant of have and obviously this is how you know um like baptists and methodists and presbyterians all, all of this probably stem from catholicism or the like the earliest protestant church i don't know which king of england was responsible for forming that i forget but i imagine like there'll be a new sect of catholicism he was king james right that's where we got the king james bible there you go yeah, that's what I'm saying is there's a schism forming as we speak. There's the traditional Catholics and the ones who are basically more um that are there are many who are more beholden to the Pope and the Vatican than they are to the scripture. It's gonna cost them money in the long run because you're gonna fracture the church and you're gonna lose membership. Well, most of these trad Catholics will tell you that the whole point okay. I think this comes from Revelation. Um, and maybe some, I don't think it's Catholic history. I told you my church I grew up in, when they decided to allow openly gay people into the Baptist church I was in, that a third of the church left. It was this big, big to do. Whole, whole, yeah, they're not, they're not, they're this not. dude's goal, I, you know, I said that somewhat facetiously that they're just trying to get people more that people been in for 40 years. My parents lifelong friends just see you later bye we're going somewhere else we're not down with this they claim that they want to do this to get more people more catholics converted but the truth is they know damn good and well they're alienating 30 40 50 60 percent i don't even know Mm -hmm. 
of Catholics, right? They don't care about the Catholic Church. Catholic history has taught since forever that based on the book of Revelation, that the the, the church in this world, the worldly church, will be infiltrated by Satan and destroyed. And then there will be this huge period of time where it doesn't exist, and then Jesus will resurrect the church. Uh, I guess, again, I'm sort of probably merging a bunch of concepts together, but in broad strokes, they believe that the Catholic church itself, the church is doomed to go into purgatory for a long period of time before Jesus basically comes back and reestablishes the church, uh, cleansed and purified of this satanic infiltration, right? This Pope has said that there is a elegant demon residing in the Vatican. It's him and a whole bunch of other of these psycho bishops like Martini, right? Mm -hmm. They're trying, whether they know they are or not, they're trying to destroy the church, right? Because they're, they're doing the bidding of Satan and his demonic forces. The Iowa, the Iowa Baphomet, you know what I'm talking about? Mm -mm. So last week the news broke that a Satan, a statue of basically Satan, a, ba a statue oh, of Baphomet, the goat horns. I saw there was some politician that decapitated it. Wasn't a politician. He was a he was like a, a navy pilot. He was a, a naval aviator that just took it upon himself to tear it down and decapitate it. Right, but they put they put a statue of Satan up in the Iowa State Assembly building, claiming that it was protected under religious freedom because there's Who a copy of the Ten up? Commandments. Hmm? Who put it up? The Church of Satan. How do they have permission to just put up a statue in? A They're claiming government building under the First Amendment. That because there's the Ten Commandments outside of a government building, they get to put up a symbol of their religion as well. Mm. Now, the funny thing about the Church of Satan is anybody who's affiliated with the Church of Satan will tell you they don't actually believe in Satan. They don't believe in God. They're basically just a bunch of atheists. But the truth is, it doesn't matter what they believe. They're doing Satan's bidding. You follow me? There's a lot of satanic stuff going on right now. A lot of satanic oh, like, stuff going like on. Like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, the uh, after school satanic after school program. That's right. All of those people would claim that they're basically just mocking faith, right? It's all just a joke. They're not really into Satan. Other than the doctrines, the satanic doctrines of do as thou wilt, they believe you should just be able to do whatever you want. There are no rules. There's no cosmic order. There's no truth. There's no like fundamental universal human truths. There's just what you feel and what you believe and what you experience, and so you should be able to do what you want, right? But regardless of whether they actually pretend to worship Satan, they do worship Satan because there's a vacuum in their soul where Christ and God the creator is supposed to be worshipped. So even if they're doing so mockingly, it doesn't really matter what their intentions are. Their actions are what matter, and they are worshipping Satan. Same right. thing with the St. Gallen Mafia within the Catholic Church. It doesn't matter if they think that they're going to get more, more souls saved by liberalizing the Catholic Church. What they're actually doing, to your point of earlier, is destroying it and creating a schism that's going to bust apart like in, like in our lifetime. Oh, there's no doubt. Bad. It's all the, bad. As you keep calling them, the trad Catholics are not... They're my homies. They have to be livid, like... I don't know. You said it was the rock. And in that, and going back to what I was trying to get at earlier, it's like the most rigid of Christian religion is the Catholic Church. It's supposed to be impenetrable. And uh, the woke Pope has taken an Uzi and just shot it full of holes. So, And he will continue right. to do more. The, these trad Catholics point out how every time this Pope and his minions do one of these things, all of these, what they call Pope-splainers, 
come out of the woodworks to say, no, 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 it's not what you say it is. No, no, no. It's And that's that whole idea of the Overton window. It's the whole idea of the frog in the boiling pot, right? This dude with his weaponized ambiguity, he pushes the envelope a little bit, then he backs away. He pushes it a little bit further, then he backs away. He pushes it a little bit further, then he backs away. And so all the people in the Catholic, you know, in the Catholic church writ large globally who are beholden to the Vatican and the Pope, the Pope being what they call the vicar of Christ, like basically Christ incarnate when he's sitting, when he's fully dressed and he's sitting on the throne, they say he's like, he's basically a conduit for Jesus's spirit. Right. Right. So they say, well, he's infallible because he's actually speaking on behalf of Jesus Christ himself. He's infallible. Right. So they're willing to follow this guy and be, let the temperature on the boiling water be jacked up another degree and jacked up another degree. And then they claim that the trad Catholics are just like, you know, chicken little screaming that the sky is falling. Meanwhile, something like yesterday or two days or three days ago or whatever it was. uh, It's like the Democrats saying that we're bigots and, uh, you know, racist um, or homophobic because we have a problem with transgendering children. Like, it's the same thing. Right. It's it's just shifting the whole conversation. We just want to protect kids. No, no, no. You're a bigot. You're a homophobe. It's shifting the whole... The whole conversation further and further left and they push it as far as they can and they back off a little bit and they push it a little farther and they back off a little bit. And anyway, the point just is that for their, this minority within the Catholic church of trads, which is growing rapidly and pretty much anybody who's converting to Catholicism these days is converting into a more traditional, uh, you know, uh, parish, but they, they claim that this isn't happening while it's happening before their eyes. And then every time he actually does change something, they have to figure out how to spin it and how to sort through the cognitive dissonance double think of what they said two weeks ago versus what they now have to say today, because he's doing the things that trad Catholics have been trying to say he's been doing for eight years. He's just doing it one degree at a time where before, you know, you look up and there's going to be a gay marriage being conducted in the Vatican. It's, no, no, no. We told you in 2020 about Hunter's laptop. No, 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 no. Right. I, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Stella has a little thing for us here. Bringing it back to trans. Thank you, Stella. Let me ask you this. And we've talked about this. Like, it, it seems on the surface level to a conservative, insane. But to the liberal mind, it's perfectly normal for a grown man to want to dress up and women's provocative clothing and read to elementary school students, right? Totally normal. And we've been saying there's something wrong with someone that wants to do that. They're probably a pedophile. And I'm just going to say there's this, uh, this dude, Kendall Stevens arrested in Philly after raping two boys under the age of 13. Stevens, Kendall, uh, Stevens is a male who identifies as a woman and has worked together with DA Larry Krasner and others to craft LGBTQ plus policies. Eh. Just arrested for raping two boys. But no, they're not pedos. Perfectly normal behavior. Disgusting. Yeah, I heard I heard I heard Joe Rogan on uh, Joe the other day had another comedian who we've talked about on the guy that got fired from SNL who does the awesome Trump impression talking about how bad it is that you know, good old regular gays get lumped in with like this assumption to tell my by sister in laws, dude. Trying to tell them. Trying yeah. to tell them. You need a distance from that. Because you and I, uh, 
more so me, like, I don't care. And I know that pisses Mickey off. Like some of our listeners probably, well, you should care. Well, yeah. I mean, but there's, there's this, there's this family dynamic where if I put my foot down and say, no, I care, like we'll be estranged from part of my family. I, I just, you know, it's not worth it for me. It's not worth it. But to, to absolutely destroy my wife's side of the family. So I choose to say I don't care and I really don't care and I've come to grips with it. Like, God, that's up to you. You don't care or you don't speak about it. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. They're wonderful people. I'm, I'm blessed to have them in my life, in my family. It's not my choice for a lifestyle, but... I'm not willing to say you shouldn't do that. Well, I mean, they have two kids. What am I? Sp- hey, y'all should repent and fracture your family, and 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 in the process, let me fracture our entire side of Aaron's family. By and large, I believe that in this country, you have the right to the pursuit of happiness, and if that's what makes you happy, just like just like we we've said on this show, at 18 years old, if you want to dress up in the opposite genders clothes and call yourself what you aren't hey one life to live like i think it's weird certainly way more than than but going back to what you said they need a distance from the trans thing because yeah but how do they do well they can't because it's been been hijacked but they they just need to say we are not trans we are gay trans is something totally different it's not just the two of them right you just said it they have two kids are they both boys or a boy and a girl boy and a girl right so both of those kids are being raised without fathers in the home right correct is that what's best for them i don't i don't know i mean i would say no you probably need a father and a mother figure you can say definitively statistically speaking we'll, 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 i yeah, won't drag us statistically speaking yes it's fine statistically it's speaking true. it's not good and you've shared with me, and I think on the show, that there's already questions coming up. Yeah, about he's that. having questions. Right. As he should, because he's a boy without a dad. Right. Now, I have learned recently. Okay. So everybody knows that the rates of poverty and crime among children raised in two parent male and female households are like negligible compared to particularly boys being raised by single mothers, right? Mm-hmm. If a dad's in the home, generally speaking, even if he's a shitty dad, as long as he's there, boys are going to be okay. Girls are less likely to get on the pole, right? That's statistically a fact. Did you know? So you take a father out of the home and the rates of, of like I said, crime, poverty, drug addiction, da 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 they skyrocket by, I don't even, like a thousand, I don't know. It's, it's astronomical how, how how much more likely a child raised by a single mother is to end up in a life of crime and, and depravity. Did you know that the statistics do not change if there's no mother in the home? Yeah, so a f- single father that raises boys or girls, the, those children's odds of having a reasonable, healthy crime-free life are the same as if a mother and a father is in the home. But if you take the dad out of the home, the statistics for that child become almost insurmountable. Yeah. 
That's hardcore, legit, verifiable science that nobody in academia even wants oh, to talk about. but Chisholm, you're just being a bigot by pointing out the facts. That's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude. So, yeah, so it's un- it's an uncomfortable thing for me to talk about, really, because of the family dynamic where yep. it, it, it would the people would be estranged. That's what would happen. And if you have to cut this would, whole part out, I don't blame you. Uh, um, let me play you this, though. Are we while we're talking about gay stuff? Are we going to talk about gay stuff in the Senate Hart office buildings and the Senate yeah, committee room? What? Yeah, t- go ahead and uh, <laughs> that was what a bombshell. And I, I, I so I'm like speechless, what dude. last I weekend? I guess maybe Friday. News erupts all over the world because it was actually the the uh, um. Not the Daily Wire, the Daily, uh, is it the, the Telegraph? The UK, it was a UK, the, the Daily Mail, the UK Daily Mail mm-hmm. published a video that they found online of a young Senate staffer taking it in the butt in a Senate committee room. Now, uh, something I feel like clarifying for people when you listen to right leaning podcast hosts right now, you're going to hear a lot of people saying in the Senate chambers, or in the Capitol building. This didn't happen in the Capitol building. I was a Senate committee intern when I was in law school back in 06. There are three Senate office buildings where the senators have their offices, where the committee, the organized committees have their offices, and where hearings are generally conducted. So this happened in the Hart Senate office building. Not in the Capitol, but it's across the street from the Capitol. That's taking it. Like what? Why would you video that and put it online? Like, how, yeah, he let the dude that was giving it to him video it. Apparently, he was wearing nothing but a jock strap. The video is available as we speak. You can watch this dude who allowed. No, who, don't watch this. I'm, I'm never gonna watch don't it. I don't watch, watch stuff this. like that. But this dude, Ugh. the dude that posted the video, is the one on all fours and nothing but a jock strap, taking it from behind from a dude, while that dude is wearing some kind of like GoPro on his head. He published it. The Daily Mail found it. The Daily Mail made it viral, actually putting a link on their news site to this basically gay porn that was happening inside of the same Senate committee room where Justice Sotomayor went through her confirmation hearing and multiple other justices as well. It's like a Mm. very sort of among there's lots of different committee rooms, but this one gets a lot of high-profile stuff going down. Not that it freaking matters. Like, why is there gay sex happening in the Senate office building anywhere, let alone in the committee room, right? So this dude publishes it. It goes viral. And he releases a statement, I think, over the weekend, he said basically blaming... Hmm? He said it wasn't him at first. Yeah, well, then he had to cop to it because it was on his own accounts where it was originally posted. And he tried to blame homophobia for why anybody would possibly care that he took it in the butt in a Senate office building. Uh, he's since been fired yeah. or he's in fact, they wouldn't even say he got fired. They just said he no longer works there. Interestingly, the Senator whose name is escaping me at the moment, but the Senator who this guy worked for was one who, uh, multiple times in reference to January 6th referred to Capitol Hill and all of the congressional, you know, spaces as sacred spaces that were defiled by those people. 
Then his Senate staffer took it in the butt in one of those sacred spaces. <laughs> ha ha ha. He no longer works there. The funniest part to me is this guy has some other um, very lurid, uh, inappropriate content out on the web. Hmm. One where he's bent over, I think naked, uh, pointing his ass at the camera. Again, this guy posted this stuff to the internet, then tried to somehow claim it was private. But in the other video, which predated the sex act, gay sex act, <laughs> he posted it and said, he said, I'm waiting for you, uh, Lindsey Graham. Wow. Whew. I can Sacred go ahead and check that one off the list. Uh, Greg Senate, gay sex, Lady G. Done. Unless you got any more thoughts on it. I have a remember when when we played the uh, the tranny who was really starting to explore the Quran. Yeah, <laughs> here's here's a new one for you. This one uh, it comes from the streets of uh, London, I believe. So why was it important for you to come to the protest today? Um, I came with queers for Palestine. I'm a trans non-binary person. I believe we're not free until everyone's free. Queer liberation. Queer people live in Palestine. It's pinkwashing going on and people are trying to tell queer people that they can't be part of what's going on in Palestine. And I just want to be here for queer Palestinians and for every Palestinian because what's happening is just... There aren't any queer Palestinians because they all got thrown off buildings. Yes, which is where you are going to go if you go to Palestine. Her hair is dyed pink and blue. Pink washing. No way. There's a term, right? Uh, what does that mean? I don't know. What's what's pink washing? Does that mean uh, anti-gay stuff or anti-trans or no? Trans is pink and blue. I don't know. Matt. So uh, these people are so uneducated; they don't even know what they're supporting. It's a symbol symbol for international ignorance. Don't even know what they're supporting. Uh, a Seattle student failed a quiz for answering only women can get pregnant in school. Did you know that? Failed. F for you. Oh. Yeah. I saw Joe Rogan posted that. Uh, the quiz claimed that it was also false that all men have penises. Uh, meanwhile, Oklahoma, the great state of Oklahoma, this comes from the office of the president from the University of Oklahoma. Today, Oklahoma's governor signed an executive order eliminating offices of diversity, equity, and inclusion at all public higher education institutions in Oklahoma, including our own. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, Texas did that last year. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. We need, uh, we got, what, 48 more to go. More of that. Yeah. Um, we have a... Uh, Oh, you mentioned the term ambiguous earlier. And so I wanted to ask you if you were familiar with the Biden's Neighborhood Homes Investment Act. Have you heard of this yep. thing? I hadn't. So this is out there everywhere, and he's trying to get this thing passed as quickly as possible. I think he's run into a few snags in Congress. But uh, in a significant move to tackle the ongoing housing crisis and escalating costs associated with home ownership, the Biden administration unveiled its plan on Thursday, this Thursday of uh, last week, to provide financial support to hundreds of thousands of households aspiring to own a home. So they want to basically assist in the um, building 
500,000 new homes. Here's the deal, though. Not once in any article that I've read regarding the Neighborhood Homes Investment Act, Chisholm, does it say the word Americans? Very interesting. Very ambiguous. It just says households. Why is there... We know we have a declining birth rate, right? The Cook and Smith households are doing their parts to reverse that trend. But how do we have a housing crisis, meaning not enough homes, we have a declining birth rate? Could it be we're building homes for illegals on the taxpayer dollar? Just throwing that out there. I would imagine they'll certainly be among them. Um, Remember what happened in 2008? Yeah, I lost my first job because of it. My first job in radio. Yeah, for anybody who doesn't remember, the economy crashed um, on a level second only to the Great Depression. Um, I think it was probably still worse than even the 2020 COVID lockdown crash, but I'm not exactly sure. Um, no, it was. Based on something called the subprime mortgage crisis. Back in the Clinton days, um, Congress and old Billy uh deregulated the mortgage industry to make sure that uh, uh people could get variable rate mortgages that they could afford at the time that the rates were low to build houses that they otherwise couldn't afford and then as rates went up uh, their payment changed on a month to month basis and put them in bankruptcy and the houses got foreclosed on and then you know as you would Recall if you've ever watched that movie. What's that movie um, about all this? Um, yeah, I don't remember. It's got the Batman guy in it uh, and Steve Carell. It's a damn good film about the subprime, mor- subprime mortgage crisis. But basically, I think these it's mortgage Ryan companies Gosling, would not Batman. It's Ryan Gosling and Steve Carell, I believe. He's in it, but the main character is the guy who played Christian Bale? Batman. Christian Bale. Thank you. Yeah. Well, main character. There, there's not really a single main character. He was the one that came up with the idea of shorting these big packages of insolvent loans um, because he saw it coming. The big that, short is the name of the movie, isn't it? Yeah, the big short. Thank you. Basically, the banking industry was sitting on all of this, all of this bad debt, billions and billions and dollars of bad debt on mortgages that were never going to get paid, and he bet that the bubble would burst. And oh, surprise, it did. And so did the rest of the world economy with it. Yeah. This sounds really similar to that. Right. <laughs> History repeats itself. Sure does. Jeez. Especially the Democrats. Uh-huh. Well, the Republicans are really good at just repeating their same mistakes, too. Uh, um, who said that? How about, let's play a clip for you. I got 19 minutes to get some things in that are, I think, really uh, topical and important. So, Well, I'm sure that some of them are also on my list. So, But for now... The issue is not just how we respond in the city of Chicago. It's the fact that we have a governor, a governor, an elected official in the state of Texas that is placing families on buses without shoes, cold, wet, tired, hungry, afraid, traumatized. And then they come to the city of Chicago where we have homelessness. We have mental health clinics that have been shut down and closed. You have people who are seeking employment. You have sanctuary city status. The governor of Texas needs to take a look in the mirror 
of the chaos that he is causing for this country. <laughs> this is not just a Chicago dynamic. He is attacking our country. That's Orwellian double speak. You know why he's saying that? That's that cat that's the mayor of Chicago, Brandon, Brandon Johnson. Yeah. John, Johnson, yeah. He's saying that because if he did what uh, New York City mayor, um, what's that cat's name? Um, Governor Adams. Hochul. I'm not sure. Uh, what uh, yeah, mayor of New York City is a oh, yeah, Adams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something uh -huh. Mayor Adams. Yeah. What he said was Joe Biden needs to fix this immigration crisis. And the next thing you know, he was being investigated for an alleged sexual assault that happened supposedly in 1996. So well, this you know, dude they should have changed the statute of limitations in New York right. <laughs> to go after Trump or he'd right. be fine. The last day. Remember, remember, we, we talked about this. They gave a one year in New York. They yeah. barred the statute of limitations, told it for one year beginning in november of 21 if i remember correctly that very very night the first case filed was against trump anybody who ever claims to have been sexually assaulted to bring a civil lawsuit against their assaulter and the very first such filing was that lady uh eugene carroll suing donald trump for something she claimed happened also in the late 90s in a department store dressing room which is hilarious despite her long history of making public media statements about how rape is sexy with Anderson Cooper of CNN mm. said all that aside. That was the very first day at 1201 AM that that law went into effect. This lawsuit against poor governor uh, Adams or mayor yeah, Adams yeah. in New York city was filed on the very last day that that tolling period uh, oh, I never knew was that. in effect a couple of, Oh yeah. Last day, oh, wow. last, like last hours of the law being there, oh, of course, just so happens to be like six weeks after he started bitching about Biden's immigration policies being a problem in New York. So give it credit to mayor Johnson here. He's at least smart enough to pay attention to what's going on. And he realizes I better blame the Republicans because yeah. if I blame the Democrats for what's going on, some skeleton the that irony, maybe doesn't though, even he, exist he is going to be fabricated. Like when he says he's attacking America, whoa, 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 but the head of your political party has attacked this country by not maintaining any semblance of a border since he took office. So Right. Well, and there's also the, the undeniable fact that every single busload of migrants, immigrants, illegal immigrants that has been sent to New York, Chicago, wherever uh, from the state of Texas, all of them have been asked, where would you like to go? And they've said, I'd like to go to Chicago. And <laughs> Governor Abbott has arranged with the receiving cities and states that call themselves sanctuary cities, which his does, to receive those people. You know why he's having to talk about it? Because Chicagoans are pissed. Right. In particular, black Chicagoans are pissed. Real pissed. And there is an uprising going on in the city of Chicago that should give all of us some hope. He's an, an asshat of the highest order. Um, all of the people of Chicago see right through his bullshit. They're banging, literally banging down the doors of City Hall saying revoke this sanctuary city bullshit stop what you're doing and he's blaming it on the state of texas yeah yeah well you know what uh state of texas just signed a law governor abbott to uh make it a state crime for people now to illegally cross the border trying to trying to make it where we can just deport them without having the feds involved at all i don't know if you saw that that just came out last week i think that's um what so good job, Governor Abbott, actually trying to take care of Texans. Did you know about the uh, the flight logs being um, subpoenaed, trying to be subpoenaed by Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee of the Epstein flight logs? 
Yeah, and Senator Dick Durbin tried to pretend like he had no idea and why that why were you even we talking play about that this? audio yeah. real quick and then we can get to whatever it is you want to get to. Okay. Question. Um, why won't you subpoena Jeffrey Epstein's flight logs? So who are you? Hillary Vaughn with Fox. With Fox, of course. Uh, Fox, of course. I don't know anything about his flight logs. But why won't you subpoena them? Why don't you want to know? I don't know the issue. I know who Epstein was. But I certainly don't know anything about the issue. Well, he was charged He's with sex now. trafficking, so why don't you want to know who was utilizing his never, private plane? Never been raised by anyone. Well, Senator Blackburn has wanted to subpoena them, and there hasn't been a vote in your committee. Not a word to me. Not a word. But aren't you curious, like, what high-profile or powerful people might be closeted predators and pedophiles? Does that concern you? So why won't you subpoena them if you can? It's the first time anyone has raised it. Thank you, Fox. So do you, are you curious about it? <laughs> Thank you, Fox, for daring to like report on anything. And then he gets in an elevator and off he goes. And then in the he's walking into a uh, Senate meeting where Senator Blackburn is there. And he wants to get on the record that we've never talked about this. And she goes, no, I've sent that to your desk twice now. And right. you haven't responded. So, and he, so he's like, meh. Trying to, he just lied his the whole thing. Of course, he's like, well, it's all about Fox, right? I mean, it's not about Epstein. I've not, I, I know who he is, but I don't know anything about the flight logs, right? Like, yeah, you're probably on the flight logs. Mm, if I was a betting man, that's where I'd put my money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you What do you want to get into here? <clears throat> all right, I guess this will be a uh, rapid fire. Um. So we don't have to get too far into it. It's sort of old news now, but three Ivy League uh, oh, yes. university presidents, uh, the president of Harvard, the president of University of Pennsylvania, and of MIT were brought before, I think it was the House, right? Mm -hmm. To be asked the question, is calling for the genocide of Jews and of Israel against uh, campus policy? And all of them dissembled and even went so far as to say if their words uh, translate to actions, then yes, it would be a violation of policies. So the only reasonable question and response, which unfortunately uh, the gal from New York that was doing the questioning wasn't quick enough on her feet to say, so you're saying that they have to commit the genocide for it to be against policy? Uh, the lady from Penn got fired. I'm not sure about the status of the MIT lady. Uh, President Gay from Harvard, um, who seems to pretty clearly have been a straight up DEI diversity hire, according to the single largest donor of the university of Harvard, who has pulled his financial support for that university. I think it was like a hundred million bucks. He said that he was told when she was hired, that she was the only hire that she had to be hired according to the DEI, DEI council. Cause she happens to be, you know, a, a black woke social Woman. justice, critical Check race the theory lady. Uh, ding, ding, turns ding. out that within a week of that scandal breaking and Harvard trying to stand by her, probably a lesbian too. She certainly looks like one ball. I don't think she is. <laughs> she they turns out the box, she, then. she plagiarized entire paragraphs of her, uh, of her like master's thesis, as well as like, I think she's only written four like academic papers to become tenured. You have to generally write 10. Wow. So she doesn't even, she's only at 40% of what it takes to be tenured, let alone become president of the most prestigious university in America and one of the five most prestigious universities on earth. It's been proven that she plagiarized. 
lifting whole paragraphs without quotations. She did cite to the people she was plagiarizing, but that's not in accordance with Harvard's uh, academic standards. So she's a plagiarist. She's uh, doesn't know how to stand up against against uh, what is real, you know, calls for genocide, I guess. Uh, meanwhile, if you were to just say like uh, men are men and women are women on Harvard campus, you would be outcast, demonized, maybe sent to prison. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So it's not as though they're a bastion of free speech by any stretch of the imagination. Any thoughts on that before I get to more important stuff? No, I mean, we have one of the three dominoes fall. Two more to go. But uh, the fact that she's a known plagiarist, I mean, that right there is grounds for termination. That's but right. oh, you can't fire her because she's what? A minority. I think it's a good thing that the Harvards of the world are being demoralized in public and then standing by their... It basically is showing that getting a degree from Harvard is no longer... Um, worth the money and you, you shouldn't get any sort of prefer, preferential treatment just because you graduated from a university that allows their president to be a plagiarist. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick recap on Hunter Biden drama the day after our last episode, I think dropped. Isn't he supposed to be after- like appearing before Congress right now? Yeah. Yeah. He was subpoenaed yeah. to give testimony behind closed doors. I, I mentioned in our last episode instead, I mentioned in our last episode that I think it's absurd. He wanted to testify publicly and i was like why is all this happening behind closed doors well the reason it happened behind closed doors is because if they had a public hearing then all the all the senators would have their 90 second or three minute or whatever limitations on their lines of questioning whereas if it was a private closed door deposition they could keep them there as long as they wanted uh sounds to me like the senate rules need to change to eradicate these nonsensical bullshit time limits but either way he defied the subpoena um that dude uh, what, what legally? What happens to you if you just are subpoenaed and say? That's no, what I was about to say. Screw that. that one guy that that uh, that Trump brought in during his initial administration, the shabby looking guy that has that podcast now. Oh, what the hell's his name? There have been Trump officials who have been charged with uh, contempt of contempt of Congress and are facing jail time for refusing to comply with subpoenas at the time, claiming executive privilege. This dude didn't have any sort of privilege claim. He just said, I'm not going to do it. And it's a witch hunt, even though in the very same speech. So he gave a speech the day he was supposed to be sitting in a Senate room outside the Senate steps. He gave a talk to, to reporters saying, I'm here to testify publicly. This is a big witch hunt. Yeah. I took a bunch of money from China. It's got nothing to do with my dad, blah, 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 blah. So he showed up, but he didn't give the, the speech. So he's going to be, he's going to end up probably being brought up on charges. It did precipitate a vote by the House to formalize the impeachment proceedings. If you remember about six months ago, when McCarthy was still the House Speaker, they didn't have the votes for an impeachment. So they were having an informal impeachment uh, process. Now they have a formal impeachment process, which gives them more legal authority to call for his testimony. Uh, And this will be drama that plays all the way out until November 2nd or whatever election day is. But interestingly, until social media squashes the story. I don't remember if I've mentioned this before or not, but the Democrat, the Republicans, just like I'm argue is regard to the Second Amendment, where they moved the bar, where the Dan Crenshaw's of the bar of the world say it's not about protecting liberty. It's about protecting your home from from an intruder. Right. They have allowed the left. So weird that he lost his eye fighting for that liberty. And then. Yeah, supposedly mm. the they've allowed us to lose this argument. The law says 
that Joe Biden didn't have to take a single dollar to be guilty of bribery and corruption. The law says if your family members get paid in a bribery scheme, then you're guilty of bribery and should be, can be not only impeached, but imprisoned. Um, and, you know, it possibly could lead to treason claims, particularly given the parties that were paying Joe or Hunter. So they're still trying to claim to fight, despite the fact that there are bank records showing money going, you know, to Joe's brother, $200,000 the same day, $200,000 gets sent to Joe, despite the fact that, you know, he was actually getting checks from Hunter's company that was taking the money from China and Ukraine, et cetera. They're still trying to claim Joe didn't benefit. This was a loan repayment, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah. They don't have big figure half million dollar payments necessarily that I've been made aware of. It doesn't freaking matter, dude. Joe Biden admitted to doing favors for Burisma while his son was being paid by Burisma. That is bribery. Doesn't have to, a dollar, never, not a single dollar ever yeah, has to make it played, into Joe Biden's we've account. played the audio of the phone call. It, it's, it exists about the, That's big, right. the, the big guy. That, but my point is like the, the, the Democrats have said, it doesn't matter what Hunter and, and Jim Biden were up to and who was paying them as long as no money went to Joe. That's not how the law's written. Right. The law makes, makes it abundantly this is clear. The you biggest can't... flex of all time for the president's son to just be like, F you, I've been subpoenaed, I don't care. I'm not yeah, well, Marjorie it. Taylor Greene is about to bring Eric Swalwell, Swalwell, you know, the guy that was having sex yeah, with yeah, a Chinese yeah. spy, mm -hmm. up on uh, some kind of charges in the House because he apparently aided and abetted Hunter's uh, refusal to comply with a subpoena. I'm really like rapid firing now. You got any thoughts on that? It's hardly shocking from Eric Swalwell. Yeah. So last week, uh, in between our last episode and today, Congress reauthorized warrantless surveillance of American citizens by the FBI through the FISA courts. They made a lot of noise about how they weren't going to do it anymore because the FBI has become corrupt and they're using... So this is where they can monitor really let down here by the Republican Party. But huge. Uh the first this is, uh the, they, when this first came around after 9/11 it was W who implemented the the biggest right. surveillance of Americans of all time. Right. So they claim that they're surveilling foreigners, foreign terrorists, right? Because they don't legally have the authority to surveil American citizens without a warrant. They're surveilling foreign uh suspected terrorists but they can get a they don't have to get a warrant to surveil us if we are having a conversation with a foreigner so they catch up american citizens in this dragnet and they've used that as a weapon against american citizens lots of noises were being made by ted cruz and all these people um the guy from tennessee that's the hardcore libertarian um in the house of representatives all these people were claiming they weren't going to renew it and then they tied it to defense spending, of course, like they always do. And the long and short of it is only 76 out of, I think, 219 Republicans in the House of Representatives voted against this crap. And the bill passed. And as far as I know, Joe's already signed it. So now we will continue with the American surveillance state through 2025 because Republicans yeah, don't have fine. any balls. Yeah. Oh. Yep. And, and the news. last thing... LeBron James walked into his son's uh, first collegiate basketball game and the national anthem's playing. Everyone is staying, standing at attention, hand over their heart. You know what LeBron does? Finds his seat on the front row and sits down with his hat on his head. And uh, that's why I 
genuinely despise LeBron James. The country. I wonder if he's. I wonder if his. I wonder if his gripe with America maybe is more now about the fact that they forced his son to get those shots and his son had a heart attack on the court at 20. LeBron years. is a Chinese prostitute. That's race, what he racism. is. Uh, the last thing we have to touch on is this Supreme Court decision that you sent me. Somehow it slipped by us in October. So the states of Missouri and Arkansas had brought suit against the Biden administration for censorship through the tech industry of information on everything from Hunter Biden's laptop to COVID uh, lies, COVID vaccines, and a uh, district court ruled totally that it was unlawful and put an injunction on the Biden administration to prevent them from coordinating, colluding with the tech industry to censor Americans' free speech rights on the internet. Then the Fifth Circuit, which is the circuit that is based here in Texas, pared it down, they kept the injunction and said, they pared it down some, but they kept the injunction. An injunction means that a legal order tells the tells Biden administration, you're not allowed to do this. Mm-hmm. They pared it down and said that they're still not allowed to do it, but in a little bit more, uh, less broad circumstances than the original district court ruling. This got appealed to the Supreme Court, and I think it was October 26th, the Supreme Court ruled six to three to stay the injunction. So the Biden administration went to the Supreme Court and said, we have to have permission to, to work with, with social media, to collude with social media, to prevent mis, dis and malinformation uh, because it's, it's for national security. Yeah, you know and it's Take for the, those three words out and put create. And then you have what they're really doing. Yeah. Create mis, dis and mal. So the Biden administration took the fifth circuit ruling to the Supreme court and requested a stay of the injunction. A stay of the injunction would mean that the injunction is, Taken, taken away, and they can continue to do what they were doing. In a six to three ruling, the Supreme Court granted the stay. So the injunction is now blowing. Now null and void. The only Supreme Court justices that voted against granting the stay were the great Clarence Thomas, the great Justice Samuel Alito, and the mostly great Neil Gorsuch. Um, two of the three appointees by. President Trump, those being Brett Kavanaugh, who I think we detailed back in the Kavanaugh drama, is actually a deep state surveillance state mole himself. And most unfortunately, Amy Coney Barrett, who seems to not Lost. have the backbone that we hopefully thought she did. And of course, Chief Justice Cook all joined with the leftists to say, now keep doing what you're doing. Now, if there's a saving grace here, which is what I replied to you with, it is that they are actually taking this case up in full next summer. So if you don't know, the Supreme Court hears cases during the summertime. The thing that really sucks is that generally the, the results of those cases are not made known until a year later. Mm-hmm. But what no, they've the said is we'll have come and gone by then. We're not. Yeah, we're not going to rule on the injunction right now because we're going to hear the full case on the merits, meaning they're going to let all of the facts that were collected, proving the collusion, proving the censorship come to bear before the but, Supreme but those Court. Those are known facts. The common individual the common american knows they colluded so why would the supreme court pretend like hey you know what do away with the injunction because yeah that's the thing that doesn't add up yeah i mean their their argument was something like their argument was something like they have to be able to do this in like extreme and extraordinary emergency situations so it's not great but it could be worse uh you only need two of those three alleged conservatives to 
rule in with the three legit conservatives to say this is censorship. It it's not the ship hasn't totally sailed. They could totally turn around. Um, I guess it would probably be eighteen months from now, summer of twenty twenty five, and say, "Yep, this was collusion. This was censorship. It was illegal." You cannot do this. You cannot collude with private enterprise to censor American citizens. Damn and all will be right short, in the world. And we'll have another one to bring up about the 2024 election. I mean, if there's one good thing that's happened <laughs> since since the fall of 2020, it. if there's one good thing that since it's happened, the, the truth is, man, nothing prevented this information from getting out. Right. We knew about all of this stuff all along. The vast majority of people but who lean right in this country about knew. it and spun it to say that we were conspiracy theorists when it was the truth. Right. But but that, that but but just like the word racism no longer really has any teeth. Nobody's that afraid of being called a racist if they know they're speaking truth. People aren't concerned about being called a conspiracy theorist anymore either. The truth will be out there. Nobody trusts the mainstream media, nobody the corporate mainstream media, nobody trusts uh Silicon Valley at all. Even among Democrats. I mean, your your woke brother has admitted that he knows that they're all full of crap. So I don't know what that means for this next election. I don't think they'll be able to keep a lid on really anything between now and next November. I hope they won't. So maybe the injunction isn't even necessary being that all of that stuff has now been made known. Everybody knows that the Hunter Biden laptop is real, that the COVID lies were lies, that the vaccine doesn't work and probably kills a bunch of people. What are they going to come up with between now and next November that'll help tilt the election remains to be seen. I think they're a lot more likely to just rig the vote count. Um, which wouldn't matter if there was an injunction in place or not. They can still rig the vote count regardless of how people actually vote. Um, just pray that at least two of those three middle-of-the-road conservatives do look and see unequivocally that this was censorship. It is unconstitutional. It's a violation of the First Amendment, and it can't be allowed to stand when they rule on the full case. And I rest my case. Okay. Day late and a dollar short. That is going to do it for... Episode 155 of Justified Pursuit. We will see you guys after Christmas. Don't forget about, and I know you won't, but the real meaning of Christmas. Make sure that you imprint that on your children as well. For Chisholm Cook, I'm Cable Smith. Merry Christmas, and we will see you guys next week. Merry Christmas, y'all. Be near me, Lord Jesus, I ask thee to stay. Close by me forever and love me, I pray. Bless all the dear children in thy tender care.